Hey everybody, this is the Marking In Your Car podcast. I'm Russell Brunson and I'm excited to talk to you guys today. Okay, so I just got back from the Boise State Football Stadium. Today we picked out our season tickets and we were planning, last year we had season tickets that were clear on the very back row of the stadium. And because we bought season tickets last year, we were able to go in earlier this year and, and pick some. And we got third row tickets. So we have six seats on third row, about 50 or probably about the 40, 35, 40 yard line. Um, and it's going to be awesome. So if anyone wants to come visit Boise, let me know. We'll take you to a game. Just kidding. So today what I want to talk about, um, I got up early this morning and started working out and just thinking about life and about things. And I um, was thinking about what I should talk to you guys about today on the podcast And I thought I'd talk about something that I have no idea if it's going to relate to you or not, but I thought it'd be kind of fun. Um, And it's kind of something I'm nervous to talk about because I haven't talked about this publicly too much, Uh, mostly just people I know that have asked me. Um, So a lot of you guys, if you've been following me for the last four or five years, you know some of my backstories. Uh, But I was a wrestler. I wrestled in high school. I was a state champion in high school. I then uh, went to the high school nationals, took second place in the country there. Um, got a scholarship to BYU. I wrestled for a year at BYU. Then they cut their wrestling program. Then I transferred up to Boise State and wrestled my last four years at Boise State. <clears throat> and um, kind of one of the, the sad things for me was um, I had some big goals. I wanted to be an All-American in college like I was in high school and uh, ended up not making it. In fact, uh, my senior year before the, uh, the Pac-10 tournament, uh, which is where you qualify for nationals, um, I lost. And it was one of those things where I had... I wasn't ready to be done yet. I I was planning on going to nationals, planning on doing well, and I had my last match and I lost, and that was the end. And kind of my dreams just got taken away from me, and there was nothing else I could do, and it was over. And and something I didn't know was my last match was suddenly my last match. And um, for anyone who's ever gone through something like that, it's hard. Like it's you focused you know ten, twelve years of your life on a goal, and then all of a sudden it disappears overnight. It was hard. And for me, I think my release, my outlet was business. So I jumped into business. And I started trying to build a business like crazy, and that's how I got my mind off of the pain from from losing and kind of uh, being done with wrestling. And so I did that and jumped into business, and and luckily I had, had a lot of success. And and just like anything in life, I I didn't just dabble; I jumped in a million percent and just went crazy with it. And uh, and that's how I think I became successful in, in the business world. And we're building the business and got to the point where our company was was really big. We had about a hundred employees. We had a big sales team. We had everything. And uh, and. You know, it was fun. Everything was going really well. And about the time I started thinking about wrestling and thought, I really miss wrestling a lot. And uh, one of my buddies has, had been competing for the Olympics uh, three different cycles he had tried, or two cycles at the time. And um, and the last thing, he was he was favored to, to win America and to go to the Olympics. And in the in the um, the Olympic trials, he lost to a guy that he'd beaten very easily multiple times. He ended up not qualifying for the Olympics. And this other guy got to go. And I didn't really know what happened to, to him. He kind of disappeared and I hadn't heard much from him. And then one day I went to his blog. And his blog, it had been about a year since the trials. And on the blog he was saying that, hey, after the trials he was really depressed. He left. He moved to Wyoming and started doing some work there. And he said one night from he came home from work and he went on YouTube and he was looking for stuff. And he saw a video of the match that he lost. He said he watched that match. And, um, and afterwards he said he started crying uncontrollably for hours and he couldn't stop. And he said, "I've got to, I've got to try to do this Olympic thing one more time." And uh, and he said, "Basically, I'm trying to figure out a way to do it. So anyone has ideas or can help support me or whatever, let me know. And I want to, I want to, I want to try to compete again." So I read that blog post and just really touched by it. And, want, and because he's a close friend, I was like, "Man, what can I do to help?" And anyway, a couple weeks later, I was at a movie with my brother, who was another wrestler, and we were talking about how cool it'd be to start wrestling again. 
and how much we missed it and stuff. And that night I went home and um, I was looking at said, like, what would it take for me to be able to compete in the Olympics? And I went to the freestyle Olympic stuff and I look at everything and um, like the Olympic list was really big. Like all the, like the, the the weight class was deep. Like how good people were. And I was looking at people who were three and four time national champs who were like tenth string in freestyle. And I was like, wow, that's gonna be tough. And then I went over and looked at the Greco. And Greco um, traditionally Greco is a, a much harder and actually a much for, more fun um, type of wrestling. But um, in America, a lot of people don't wrestle Greco. And so I looked at the at the lineups in, in Greco. And the weights were not nearly as deep in America, which was interesting. And I knew some of the like I was I knew a lot of the guys who were ranked in the top two or three, and uh, and I thought, wow, this is kind of cool. I could do I could do Greco. And what else was kind of cool is I actually knew the Olympic uh, Greco coach. We were really good friends. He used to coach my little brother. And so I just sat that night and I said, you know what? I'm going to try to compete for the Olympics, and I'm going to do it in Greco, and I, I think it'll be really fun. So the next day I called up the Olympic Greco coach. Uh, his name's Ivan Ivanov. And I hadn't talked to him in like 10 years. I was like, hey, Yvonne, I want to start wrestling again. I want to hire you to have you move to Boise and just train me. And he kind of laughed said, Russell, I'm training the Olympic team. Everything's really good. I get paid a lot of money. I'm not interested. He said, maybe if you had a team or something or there were more than just you. He's like, I don't want to get involved. And then like, you know, six months later, you decide you're not going to do Olympics and I'm out of a job. I said, okay, that makes sense. So um, instead of giving up, I hung up the phone and then... Uh, and uh, I started thinking, I said, you know what, I should, if I'm going to really do this, I should go get a team of people. So the first person I called up was, uh, was Justin, my friend who, had, uh, who had, had lost in the Olympic trials. And I called and left a message for him. He called me back a few hours later and I said, Justin, I've got a crazy idea you're not going to believe, but I want to compete for Olympics and I want you to move out here to Boise and train with me. And I think we should get a gym and bring up a bunch of guys. And if we have a bunch of guys, I think we can convince Yvonne to come out here and coach us. And what do you think? And he kind of smiled on the phone. He said, I'm in. Let's do it. And uh, I don't think I even told my wife at this time what was happening. This is like on a Friday. So Justin and his wife jump in a car from from uh, Montana or Wyoming or wherever they're at, drove like eight or nine hours. The next day, they're at our house. And my wife's in here like, she's like, you told me that was like six hours ago. Now these guys are in our house talking about starting an Olympic club. Are you really doing this? And I said, I, let's do it. Like, let's, I'm in 100%. So, <laughs> we, uh, so Justin moved up here. We launched the club. He called a bunch of people he knew. They moved up as well. Um, we created some jobs for these guys so they could have they could make money while they were here. Um, after we had a bunch of people, we called the Vaughn up, flew him up. He saw everything, um, made him an offer. He moved to Boise, and um, and that was kind of where we were going. And for about seven or eight months, it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever been through. Uh, we had our own Olympic team here in Idaho. We had our own facility, had our own mats. Uh, we were training every day. It was so much fun, and I was having just the greatest time of my life. And, um, and I think I was getting to the point where I was doing really well. I remember in December time, I was wrestling the guy who actually ended up taking second place in Olympic trials. Um, I, uh, wrestled him and I actually beat him for the first time. And, uh, and I was like, this is amazing. I'm not that far away from the goal. And we still have like two more years before the Olympics. And again, that's in December. And I was just fired up, really excited for this whole thing. And then, uh, and then, um, what happened after that was kind of crazy. It was a whirlwind of events uh, in January. And again, I haven't told this story really publicly, so, um, but here it is. So in January, about 15th of January, one day we're at the office, everything's cranking, and all of a sudden um, one of my programmers comes in and says, hey, all of our all of our sales are failing. And I said, what? And a few minutes later, the call center guys run up like, hey, we're trying to build people a credit card. All of our credit cards are failing. And we looked, and I couldn't figure out what happened. Our, our merchant accounts weren't working. So I called our merchant account provider, and we had 16 different merchant accounts with them, and they had shut down every single one of them without any kind of warning. 
And if you can imagine the time, we had 100 employees. Our overhead was was north of $600,000 a month, um, which means I'd have made $600,000 before we broke even. And all of a sudden, we had no ability to process money. People wanted to give us money. People wanted to buy our stuff, but we couldn't process their, their money. And um, it took two days before I could get someone um, on the phone to actually uh, um, to tell me what was wrong. And basically what happened is they, uh, this is the time, for those who, who are familiar with what happened, anybody who was doing any kind of like um, continuity trial, continuity-based offers, all got shut down. I think PowerPay shut down like three or 400 merchants overnight without any kind of warning. And so um, we, it took us three days to find out what happened. Um, after that, they turned the merchant accounts back on. They put us on 100% reserve. So we were scrambling. So in the next seven days, we made $200,000. Um, and PowerPay had 100% reserve, which means they wouldn't give us any of that money. We kept calling them and begging them. And finally, after about seven to ten days, they said, okay, we'll take you off reserve. We'll put you back in normal 10% reserve because you've proven you're a legitimate vendor. And uh, as soon as they did that, oh, they did that. And they said, but we're going to keep your $200,000 you just processed in reserve. Which means that $200,000 was made, I couldn't use to pay salaries or anything. And it was just thing after thing after thing like that. And um, for the next year, it was just a nightmare. And... Uh, and costs were so high, we had no money. You know, we had money coming in, but we had no, no money to process. So because of that, because we had money coming in, and we couldn't pay, uh, we didn't get the money. We couldn't pay salaries. So sales guys were quitting. We lost programmers. We lost designers. We lost coaches, and just it was a nightmare for a year. We tried to keep everything open. I paid every penny out of my own pocket to keep things open, and um, and uh, it was really man. It was it was the the toughest probably year and a half, two years of my life. It was crazy. Um, and eventually ended up with us shutting down the call center completely. Uh, the wrestling team, uh, basically I was paying for it out of my pocket, my personal pocket, because the business couldn't support it at that time. Uh, I was paying about $30,000 a month to keep it open. And after about a year of that, um, it had depleted my, my personal accounts, right? I couldn't keep supporting it anymore. And I still remember by far the most depressing day of my life, worse than when I lost my wrestling match, was me calling up uh, Justin and the coach and saying, I can't support this anymore. I have no more money and way to shut down the, the wrestling program. And, uh, and that's all, you know, it, from one December to next December, it was, a, it was a, uh, December when I wrestled uh, that guy and, and beat him. And it was a year later that we had to, I had to call and shut down the whole program. And, um, it was really tough. And then, uh, after that we came back and we had to leave our office. We shut down the call center. We fired most of our staff. We moved into a little small office and had to start rebuilding. And it was about another year of rebuilding before we were back to, to where we were really doing well. Um, but it was it was the most stressful time of my life. And uh, and it was hard. But we were able to, to keep pushing through that. We restarted our business, relaunched it. And now we're in a spot where um, it's kind of fun. We're actually, um, with six employees, we're doing the same volume we were doing with 100 employees before. And uh, it's been amazing. Like now, a thousand times happier than I ever could have dreamed about being before. But the reason why I think I wanted to tell you guys this story, and I hope, and surely there's there's different messages you can get out of it. One of them is don't hire a bunch of staff. Another one is being diverse with your merchant accounts. Make sure you're, for any product you have, make sure you have at least two different merchant accounts in two different banks. I can't tell you how many people I know that have gotten merchant accounts shut down. Um, there's so many lessons I could talk about and share with you guys um, along the way about hiring and the people that, that stick behind, stick beside you and those who walk away when, when adversity comes. Um, but the main lesson I really wanted to share was, um, you know, when all said and done, as, as, as horrible and tough of experience that was, um, the fruits of what happened have been amazing. 
And uh, I think that the reason why I've had ups and downs in my life, uh, and the ups and downs are interesting because ups and downs are the ones that, the things that define you and the things that um, that make you who you are. But the reason why I've had the big ups and downs is like when I get into something, I go in 100%. Um, when I was wrestling in high school and college, I was in 100%. When I started my business, I was in 100%. When I wanted to do the Olympic thing, I was in 100%. I didn't say, I'm going to wrestle for Olympics and then go and sit on and watch TV. I went out and within a day, I'd hired the Olympic Greco coach. I'd built a team. I'd gotten a facility. I'd done everything. And again, sometimes it's, it, it bites you in the butt. But that's that's the, the nature of life. Like those who risk a lot are the ones who, who reward a lot. And I just want to encourage you guys that whatever it is in your life you're doing, and, and this could be in everything, in your relationships, in your family, in your religion, in your business, whatever it is, if you decide you're going to do it, like do it. Don't just dabble. Um, nothing drives me more crazy than people that dabble. We had an event a little while ago and I had someone come and they had been dabbling in internet marketing for as long as I've been doing this stuff and they're still not successful. It's because they dabble. Um, I want you guys to commit to yourselves to whatever you want to do, whatever you're passionate about is be all in. I don't care if it's business. I don't care if it's weight loss, whatever it is, don't just dabble, like commit to yourself and be all in. Um, do what I did and go and hire coaches, whatever, you know, whatever it is, just Commit and go 100% in. And if you do that, you'll be amazed at what happens. The journey you go along is so much more exciting. I had someone the other day tell me, like, man, Russell, you're only, I don't know how old I am right now, 33. You're 33 years old. Look at how much stuff you've experienced and seen and been able to do in your life. And I really think it's because I just, when I get into something, I go all in. And um, most people, they don't. They dabble and they sit on the sidelines and they don't want to get hurt and they don't want to screw up and they don't want the pain that, that can be associated with things, but I promise you guys that that pain is uh, is there for a reason. It's there because it makes the other stuff so much better and so much happier. And so don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Go all in with whatever you're doing and uh, and quit dabbling. So that's kind of my, my message for today. It's a little longer than normal, but I hope you guys got some good ideas and um, and uh, we appreciate you guys. You know, everything we do in our dot-com secrets business um, and our other businesses is because we care about our customers and, and as scary as it is for me to share stories like that, um, I'm hoping that it'll give you guys some thoughts and some insights and some things that you can apply in your life and in your business. So uh, let's go from there. And again, if you guys like this podcast, please share it with others. Um, you know, I'm doing it for free just because I enjoy it and I want to help people. And uh, if you guys are enjoying it, please blog about it, leave a comment about it, whatever it is. And uh, thanks so much. And we'll talk to you guys all again tomorrow. Listening to Marketing in Your Car with Russell Brunson, the best podcast to help you easily launch and grow your own online business. So grab the wheel, get in gear, and market in your car. In your car, it's a proven technique. In your car, every week. In your car, make a perfect plan. Let's get you equipped. Give you the tips to market in the fast lane.